0: Welcome back to a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a bar. My name is Jamal and I am a Buddhist. I'm Jacob. I am a Christian. Can't say Buddhist today. It it didn't come out of my mouth very good. (laughs) Missing the H or the
1: something.
0: Buddhist. Buddhist. (sighs) Uh, I guess you
1: just feel like throwing your hands up in the air then, Jamal.
0: Look, sometimes I do feel like throwing my hands up in the air. But, you know, I come here to this podcast year, Jacob, and, and I know that I can count on you. It's because
1: I've got the love to see you through, you, isn't it? You do, yes, <laughs> you do.
0: Um, listeners, uh, we're, we're going to try something today. This is this is a bit of a um, this is a bit of a crapshoot, like most of our podcasts. Um, uh, th- th- you always talk th- us up so much, man. Look, you have to. This is it's a Buddhist approach to podcasting. You lower the expectations, uh, and when you have no expectations, that's when true enlightenment of podcasting happens.
1: You say Buddhist, I'm
0: hearing insecure white guy. <laughs> <laughs> none, none of which i am but anyway <laughs> um, okay so anyway today's today's podcast is a uh is a new attempt at something um i was talking with a friend and uh they made the joke that we should um we, we should look into song lyrics and like popular songs that uh are not on the surface inherently religious but have quite significant religious undertones and messages um they proposed uh a song called "God's Country" that's a that's a trucker country song. Uh, you vetoed that, Jacob. So here we are doing a different song, but <laughs> we are going to give this a shot. We're gonna we're gonna try an episode um, looking into the the wonderful world of religious music.
1: And there are well, there are several morals to this story, but I think probably the main one is don't ever make a joke in front of Jamal because he'll take you seriously and roll with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, if, if anyone gives me any dare for this podcast, I am legally obliged to do it. So so. For my sake, listeners, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, we're going to give this a shot um, and we'll see how it goes. We have a, a song lined up, which I really quite like. Um, there's, uh, um, who was it that wrote the original? So the the, the popular version is by Florence and the Machine. Um, and the song is called You've Got the Love. Uh, and I do want to credit the the original, uh, Candy Staten is the original, of You Got the Love, which I listened to over the weekend and was like, oh, yeah, that's that Florence song. Um, but, yes, we, we will play the version from Florence because that's the one that's most known. But, but this is the song we're going to be talking about today. If you want to play it again, Jacob.
1: Sometimes I feel like throw my hands up in the air I know I can count on you Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you've got the love, I need to see me through. The astute listener will have noticed that we were referencing the lyrics in the opening to the show. Because yeah. we are that
0: brilliant. Yeah, we're that brilliant, exactly. Um, but yeah, so, so this is You've Got the Love, uh, made popular by Florence and the Machine in more recent times, but yes, originally by Candy Staten. Um, and so, Jacob... L- Let's, let's just jump straight in. First first verse of this one. Sometimes I feel like throwing my hands up in the air, I know that I can count on you. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i going to throw it to you for this one because I feel like this song is probably more of a Christian song than a Buddhist song.
1: Yeah, and I was going to ask, like, could you have a Buddhist song like this? But maybe you could, maybe you'll bring one in next uh, time. I'm going to try to find one yeah, now, yeah. but yeah. Um, well, I mean, but, the, but this could be like the... I and mean, if we're going to go line by line, this could be anything, right? Like, mm. you know, I, I know I can count on you... Could be a love song, could be a God song, could be a song about the Coca-Cola company or, or heroin or whatever. I mean, like,
0: so so I, well, the bit You could do an interesting like Amy Winehouse take <laughs> on like, yeah. That's true. Uh, the bit that gets me kind of almost immediately feeling like this is a God song is that throw your hands up in the air thing, right? There's there's there's, there's automatically that sense of, you know, praise, hallelujah, oh really? that kind of stuff for me.
1: Okay, because I don't get that at all. And I've, I've never got that in this song. And maybe it's just the context, but like, I've, I've always heard that as throwing your hands up in the air like a, a despair, I'm done with this, like yeah, the okay. thing you do before you storm out kind yeah. of move. I've and, 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 never seen
0: it as a hallelujah. Yeah, thing. right. And, yeah. And, that, and maybe it's contextual for me, right? Because I, I always hear the song with the next set of lyrics, which is sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care, but you've got the love I need to see me through. So maybe that's, I'm contextualizing it with that whole kind of, that whole paragraph. But yeah, I don't know. It To me, it, it has a very it has a very kind of church pew vibe to me at, at the start of this song.
1: Yeah, okay, that's that's really interesting because I I just, I don't get that. Like, as mm-hmm. in, I, I love the song. I do think it's fundamentally about God, what they're going on about here. But to to me, that only kicks in in sort of the third verse. When friends are gone, I know my Savior's love is real. Like, mm-hmm. that's the point at which it, it so becomes obvious kind of whose love we're talking about here because it, it could be, for me, in that first verse, like it, it could be like almost anyone's love in a way. Like in, in, in pop music, that's usually a, a romantic interest, right? Well,
0: and I feel like that's part of the conceit of the song, right? Is that they're playing on this idea that so many pop songs and yeah, you know, you'd almost expect this to be a love song. And then, yeah. Later well, it on, is. like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but later on down the track, it, it has that reveal of it being potentially a Jesus song. Um, but yeah, all right. So like, is there a, is there a sense in which, I, I guess if we take the meaning of that first para, like, is there a sense in which, you know, if we're reading it as a God song, um, you know, th- this idea that, you know, you, you've had enough, you're, you're kind of, you're know, throwing it all in. Um, but then yet God is there that can kind of see you through and can, you can count on. I mean, t- to me, that's an obviously Christian kind of, kind of, Concept, right? It, it, it's something that's there. It's something that's that's pretty common. Um, I mean,
1: well, I think it's it's probably a like a monotheistic mm. concept in a lot of ways. Like I, I don't know about other worldviews that have a god. Obviously, Buddhism is a bit different in this respect. But could could a, a Muslim say this about Allah or a Jew about Yahweh? Perhaps mm. that that God is the the ever present, always there. The, I mean, we talk about this a little bit on the, the the show like the bedrock that you get to after you get through nothingness you find that God is still there mm. um, so I feel like a, a lot of conceptions of God, not just the Christian one necessarily could have that um, and maybe maybe talking about you've got the love I need to see me through maybe that's a bit more distinctly Christian. maybe a Muslim might talk about how Allah's got the mercy. To see yeah, them okay. through, or, or something like that. So maybe contextualizing it. So is in that is way.
0: love uniquely Christian in a kind of monotheistic or in a judo Christian kind of world? I think the emphasis
1: mm. on love is uniquely. That's a good question because I can't remember the pillar pillars of Islam, but certainly like the God is um, holy. There's a, a different word that's used, but. Um, righteous and just and merciful—they're kind of like the the characteristics of Allah. I don't think love features prominently amongst that. And likewise, I, I think in Jewish thought. Whereas in in Christian scripture, you get the statement, "God is love," mm. like that. You know, put that barefacedly. So, mm. yeah, yeah okay. that that probably is a, an emphasis that's in in Christianity more so than in other places. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, reading through this song, I think I am only now quite legitimately re- realizing how uh, single faceted this song is. That, that there, there is one theme that is repeated. Um, and,
1: and it sounds a, a little something like this. You got the love. You got the love. You got the love. Is this a recurring theme you're talking about? I, I, I think it is.
0: It does repeat a bit. It it does repeat, but but also like, but even the lead up to what that theme is, right? Like the the message is just, life is hard sometimes. I really struggle with it, but God and Jesus has... Enough love to to make it okay, and as you said, right, the, the third verse is where the kind of the reveal is, right? So when food is gone and you are you are my daily meal, yep. when friends are gone, I know my savior's love is real, and that's the like, aha, we were talking about Jesus the whole time, you
1: know, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I mean, like that first bit is almost from the Lord's Prayer, right? Like, yeah. uh, give us today our daily bread, like that kind of mm. that kind of vibe, yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah, I don't. know, It's interesting. I um, uh, I don't know. I I find it interesting how music can. Really, kind of bring a often quite really simplistic messages when you put to music can become more complex and can seem much more complex uh, with all the various layers that go on and that kind of thing because you know as I said like this is a very simple one dimensional message right. Um, And it's not even that hard to to comprehend when you actually stop and think about it. But but yet I feel like there's something in the music that actually makes it seem like it's more profound.
1: Well, and I think there's a couple of things going on there. Like the first being that music and poetry kind of by its nature is ambiguous. So there was another song that I was thinking um, we could potentially... Do this episode on, and, and maybe we will at some point, or maybe I'm completely spoiling it now. Which is um, "Clocks" by Coldplay, mm-hmm. um, which could be about any one of a number of different things. The the lyrics are kind of quite simple in themselves, but they've got a vagueness to them. And that I mean, some of the vagueness goes here in, in like like I said for me in that line, "When friends are gone, I know my saviour's love is real." But at the same time there's still like, how, how do you know your saviourless love is real? And like, mm-hmm. what's going on for you in those moments? Like, it, it it almost assumes that there is some kind of depth, some kind of life event that's sitting behind the song that's motivating the, the singer or the songwriter mm-hmm. who's putting this together, but we don't have access to that. All well, that we have is a song at the end of it.
0: So here's an interesting question then. So I feel like there are two types of religious songs, right? I feel like yeah. there are songs that are, I'm going to call praise songs that are just like, ain't God great. It, sure. th- this, I'm just very happy about that. And I'm just going to sing about that. And then there are songs that like are more kind of contemplation songs that are talking about, you know, a kind of a more detailed, you know, I don't know different ways of thinking about God or different ways of interacting with God or whatever else. And to me, this very much feels like a praise song, right? Like, yeah. like as yeah, th- th- this, this, yeah, and I legitimately have never understood how one-dimensional this song is until we're sitting here right <laughs> now talking about it. But like, yeah, this is a praise song. This is just, you know, yeah, my savior's great. You got the love. It, it, it's all it's all so good. Uh, did you know, Jacob, you've got the love um, and you've got the love. Um, so I, I, I guess my question to you then is like, what is the purpose of praise songs outside of praise? Is there something that, you know, in the church are praise songs, things that are, that are doing something for the congregation or, or some kind of layer like that
1: like is there a purpose of them outside of praise well yes and no and so th- but so this is interesting because this isn't a church song mm-hmm. this particular one so i don't know if it's really doing all that much outside of praise it's a would you use the term crossover i don't, I don't know about mm-hmm. crossover but it's a like it's a popular song so it's suitably vague and kind of not going into any sort of christianese or or really particular understandings of God other than God is love and that there is a saviour who loves which are, you know, as we were saying pretty fundamentally Christian ideas Mm -hmm. in their conception Um, but there is something about music, singing that kind of cements things in your mind um, and it is, is more memorable than, I don't know, two guys talking around podcast microphones or something like that. Like, I, I remember reading once years ago that people uh, won't necessarily remember the brilliant point that was made in the sermon at three o'clock on Wednesday afternoon when they're overwhelmed by workload or, the, you know, whatever's going on on Wednesday afternoon. Mm. You, you won't necessarily remember the brilliant point in the sermon, but you'll remember one of the songs that you sung and that, and that will bring you kind of comfort or, or whatever else. Some people get really worried about that because then like if your church is singing the, the wrong music, then that's going to, you're going to get the wrong emphases and the wrong picture of God mm. from that. Um, it's interesting because um, in the Islamic tradition, they kind of sing and chant the Quran, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I don't know, what other practices go on around the place, but like that idea of setting the text to music as a, I guess, almost a monetic device is an interesting one.
0: Yeah, and, and th- I think there's definitely something to that, right? That there's definitely this idea that, you know, yeah, music sticks in the mind better than straight words and, and that's proven across a number of different cultures across a lot of history, right? Um, And, and yeah, th- that idea that, you are using it to remember things, you're using it to, to make it more of an earworm to be able to, to kind of stick in a bit more when when, when you need it. it. It makes a lot of sense. I think it's similar in in the Jewish tradition. They sing a lot of the, the Torah, as far as I'm aware.
1: Uh, that would make sense to me, yeah. yeah.
0: Which, which, which again, I think makes it interesting in the Buddhist tradition when, like you have chanting, and it's definitely mm-hmm. like a, a kind of almost Gregorian chant-like kind of way of engaging with some of the texts. Um but there's definitely no singing and it's definitely, you know, m- entertainment is explicitly forbidden for monastics. So, you know, you end up really, you know, you, I, I think, yeah, it would kind of be interesting to try and find a Buddhist song. I mean, I think there would be because I think people don't take the, take you know, take all the same vows as monastics with that. But, yeah, you know, certainly um, the idea of songs for entertainment value are, are not a thing. And,
1: and I do wonder um, if, from someone from an islamic background for instance like w- would you write a song well certainly some churches um but we'll go with churches like some churches won't sing songs that aren't from the psalms basically mm-hmm. in the hebrew scripture because they're like well if we're and some of them won't actually use instruments that aren't named in the psalms because they go like well if we're praising god this is the way that god wants to be praised and thank you british indie rockers love what you're doing but it's inappropriate to praise god that way because that's not how it works so so
0: that's a really interesting point right because like so what is the attitude of kind of most people in the church to things like this where this is you know Sure, it's not a praise song, as in it's not sung in a church. But you know, it's somebody getting up. Well, it could be
1: sung in a church, right? Yeah. Like I've, i when you sent this song through, I realized that back in 2012, when I was the worship director for a youth camp, we used this song yeah, amongst right. others, like it, because it's, it's fun. It was big at the time. It's like it's a praise song. Why not? Like they're the kind of things you can get away with in youth camp that maybe on a Sunday morning you couldn't get away with. But yeah. Well, so
0: so do you think? That that's the more common attitude these days, that people are generally fine with it? Or, or yeah, you know, I guess, how much of the church is of the opinion that, you know, oh, no, you, you, you have to only sing things that, that God specifically told you to sing?
1: Oh, not much of the church at all yeah, okay. would hold that view. There, there does seem to be this thing that goes on with church music sometimes that it, it can be dated quite a bit. But I think that's purely because you have congregational singing in churches and it's like I, I didn't press record early enough but you were singing along with florence and the machine earlier and that's obviously much harder to sing like in a singing along with kind of sense than something that's a bit more folksy or or that kind of thing so I mean, i think
0: you've got the love you've got the love you've got the love is not particularly difficult yeah, but you've to got, sing got a- love
1: <laughs> you have got love like <laughs> you know it's, oh. it's that, that's a little bit harder for, for everyone to get you know worked at the youth camp um, so but this song uh, when it, when Florence and the machine covered it in 2009 it reached number five on the UK chart um, I can't see where it charted in Australia I can see Austria there you go um, but like 57 in Australia so like that's comfortably top 100. Mm. Why do you think a song like this is popular? Like, why why did people get into a song that is is, is about God?
0: I mean, I, I don't know that if you asked most people, they would kind of say it was about God without having to think about it. Like, yeah. If, yeah, because it's got that vagueness about it, right? Yeah, and if you went to people and went, hey, hey, is this song about God? And they stopped and they thought, and went, oh, yeah, probably actually. Like, I, it's not as vague as some other pop songs that I think do that. But I think that... um. I think it, it is vague enough, and it is kind of you know. Realistically, I actually think this is a vocal song. So this, this is the, the musicologist in me coming out here a little bit.
1: Sure, but, I, um, I didn't know there was a musicologist in you. We're discovering all sorts of things today.
0: <laughs> but like like I, I think this this is a um, it's not quite a vocalist, but 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 it is a it is a you, you have different songs that where the focus is either on kind of the the instrumentation of the music or on the kind of the lyric. Uh, narrative or on the 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 vocals and on the kind of the, the melodically driven song, right?
1: Yeah, and the vocals on this are brilliant.
0: Yeah, and, and this is absolutely a melodically driven song. So realistically, I think the reason people like this is because the melody is good, mm-hmm. right? I think you could sub the words for lots of different things and you would still get a very similar song with a similar result and similar popularity. So I'm not sure that the religious element necessarily, you know, spun it it's one kind way of or the neutral. other. It was kind of neutral. Yeah. I, I think because it was a Christian religious element, I think it was comfortable enough that it you know, it was fine. If they were using overtly Islamic themes, maybe it would maybe it would have hit a different tone. I am not Maybe we sure. should do
1: a Yusuf Islam song. We at should, some point. Well, we should absolutely do yeah. a Yusuf Islam song, yes. Watch out for that in your yeah. feed. Yes. At some point.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah so so I think um I, I think there's a level at which the that this is just good music uh, as opposed to it being, you mean
1: your good music still charts. That's still a thing. That's nice.
0: Sometimes, yeah. 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 In, in, the cynic can be appreciated. Two thousand and eight, so. occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think that that's why, why this got there. I'm not. I personally wouldn't inherently put down the popularity to some kind of religious undertone there, unless God was there.
1: Well, it, it, it's more lights. that I would like. I would suspect that the religious undertone might be a drag on a song. Yeah, if, okay. Maybe if it's too overt, and maybe. Like you say, this is what this has going in its favour is that it's not overt enough. Mm. Um, it's interesting what you say about the the melodically drivenness of the song and how that works uh, in this particular case, because again, this is a concern that people have in churches sometimes, right? Like that um, people, and usually the kids, whoever the kids are, are wanting to sing particular songs just because they're fun songs and they have good melodies, and they're not really thinking about the lyrics and what it actually says about God, and if you if you lived your life by this song, what would your life look like? And actually, I wasn't planning this as a question, but if you lived your life by this song, like what would your life look like? Or or is the theology kind of too shallow to actually live by?
0: I mean, I, I think it would look like a a very you know faithful Christian's life, right? It's just every time you have any difficulties in life, you get over those difficulties and ride those difficulties through an understanding that there is love from God there and that, that, that that's going to help you through things, right? I, does it go beyond that? Well,
1: is that like, uh, that just strikes me as a pretty one-dimensional view of Christianity.
0: I mean, I, I have a deeper view of Christianity. It's just not expressed <laughs> in this song. Yeah, yeah, right,
1: cool. Yeah, yeah well, and and I mean, because that, that might be a problem if you, if your view of Christianity was... Just what you get in this song, it's right. like a like. It's it's not nihilistic because you've got the love I need to see me through, but it could kind of tend in that. Well, it doesn't really matter because God's got the love. It's like the the, um, you know, well, heaven's coming and everything's going to be okay. Mm. Worldview that I'm I'm not convinced, actually. By itself, is that helpful in times of crisis?
0: I see. I'm not sure it's doing the heaven is coming thing. Actually, so I, there, is, there is a bit of Buddhist nihilism in here, which is nice. Oh, excellent. Uh, Good. In the know, fourth verse or whatever, I was in, going in to ask you about yeah. that. Should we have
1: a listen to it? Uh, sure, we can have a listen to it. To see me through. Because if you took out the final line of that,
0: absolutely. That, that seems that, really Buddhist. That's super Buddhist. I mean, particularly because sooner or later in life, the things you love, you lose, right? That, that's yeah. a Nietzsche. That, that is, you know, referring to impermanence right there, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's a, a clear kind of um, observation of impermanence there. Um, and and then obviously that impermanence and the nihilism is resolved by God's love. Um, but yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a, a lovely little little nod to, to the Buddhist noble truths there. I like it. <laughs> but there's
1: also an interesting, if we're going to overanalyze the song for a moment because we might as well. Like there's this... Hold on, we're overanalyzing this? <laughs> this? There's this inversion um, there. Are sooner or later in life, the things you love you lose, but you've got the love I need to see me through. Like suggests on the one hand that that's a love that you're not going to lose, but like just makes me wonder about kind of God's love, right? Like if, if that is a, if we, if we run with the idea for a moment that that's a fundamental truth, that sooner or later the things you love, you lose. Like I think the whole point of like Jesus and the cross and the resurrection and Easter and all of that is that God doesn't want to lose the things that God loves. Mm -hmm. Like the, there's a nice inversion there. Well, I, and, uh,
0: I think this goes to something we spoke about a little while ago of um, unconditional love, right? And this yeah. idea that like, that God's love is there no matter what. So even if you lose everything else that you love in life, that God's love is still there and that, that, that there's a kind of permanency to it. But, uh,
1: like, see, I've, I would add to – like, I, I'm on board with that, but I'd add to it that if God – really loves you God is not going to leave you with nothing to love right like maybe, maybe. I mean there's a touch of Job almost in that right like mm-hmm. um, the guy in the Old Testament who Satan kind of takes everything from him and he says yes but I will still praise God like there's an element of that
0: perhaps in the song mm. so all right here's an interesting question um is there a sense in which like is there any sense in which this song is negative like you know, like, and I, I, you, you've spoken a little bit earlier about, you know, the the people that think, oh, well, you've got to be very careful about everything you say, right? But like, mm-hmm. certainly, I think people who, even Christians who are very critical of secular music, critical of kids singing songs that are that are not have the wrong message, I, th- I think they could probably get behind this message.
1: Well, and and I think the argument in that case would just be that it lacks depth, right? Sure, like in, but yeah, sure, yeah, that's
0: fine, yeah. But is, it, is there anything in here that you feel like, oh, and and not just in the lyrics, but also in the kind of in the existence of a song as a pop song on the radio, like, is there anything that you think takes away from Christianity? Is there anything that you feel like, you know, d- does it does it demean it at all by becoming secular or whatever else?
1: No, absolutely not. Um, and I think that, like, if if anything, there is a greater depth or can be to to pop music than church music in some senses. Like, um, if I think of you know, other Christian artists, right, like Mumford & Sons, for instance, like they write songs that are like just about life and life includes God. So God makes it into their songs. There's a band, a uh, uh, late 90s, early 2000s punk band called Reliant K, who I love to pieces. Some of their songs are like, are you talking about Jesus or your girlfriend or what? Like what's going on here? Because they're not trying to write, jesus music they're writing about life and jesus is part of their life so they roll with it um and i think there's something almost something that can be more honest in that than artists who are just writing church music particularly when they're writing church music for commercial gain and there's all sorts of other stuff going along with that but um but also like one of the things that i love about hilltop hoods like aside from the fact that they're from Adelaide and I'm proudly, parochially South Australian, is that from time to time, they, they're almost like wrestling with God in their songs. And I don't think they're coming at it from a particularly holy perspective. And I don't think that I would ever use any of their music in churches, but like they've, they've got a song called An Audience with the Devil, which is talking about human brokenness and pain and suffering and, and how that all goes on. In the world, and it's just—it's a deeply real song set in a religious context for them to kind of make the points that they're making. But I, like, I feel like a lot of their music is actually wrestling with God in a bunch of ways, and that is something that I'd like to see happen more broadly in society. That we don't just kind of complain about problems, but us like, well, why is this going on, and what's go- and, and is there something more than just human factors at work here? And, and music does that maybe more than other realms of culture music Mm. and art
0: yeah yeah well i think this also brings me to the question of art right because obviously there's a very large tradition of uh religious uh, visual art yeah particularly in europe right and yeah i don't know i i I, christianity has always seemed to me to, to definitely lean into the kind of the artistic pursuits of all kinds when it comes to spreading the message and and praise and that kind of stuff and yeah i i it it is almost something that I think I miss a little bit in Buddhism, right? That like you know, for me, Buddhism is so clearly non-associated with music and art and that kind of stuff. That like I do feel a little bit like you know, at least my identity as a Buddhist and my engagement with Buddhism is so separate from those things, and mm. like is so separate from my kind of worldly enjoyment of those things. And I guess that's probably the point, right? Like that that's it's par- attachment. It's and all partially of it, right? what they're yeah. trying to do with that with that kind of. With, with the rule against that but like yeah it, it's an interesting um it, it does feel like there's a if not a missed opportunity at least a, a missed link that could be made in buddhism what would you want that link to to be though well and again, what would you want that art to do yeah it, it's hard right because i think you know i i yeah I don't think that you could have a Buddhist praise song. I don't think that works in the same yep. way. I don't, you know. Just, I, I don't All think, hail
1: the Buddha. Or <laughs> yeah, you know? right.
0: They're like, I, I don't think it kind of gets there. Um, but, you know, I, I wonder whether there's a sense of, you know, music or art that helps people reflect on the teachings. So, you know, you could take a teaching and kind of, you know, work through it, um, you know, and kind of um, – and uh, look, there are actually kind of like that monetic device like, yeah. to help you
1: memorize things, or yeah. like, and ram at home a bit, yeah,
0: ram at home, but also kind of like help unpack like a thought that you wouldn't have otherwise thought that way. And, and actually, to be fair, th- there are Buddhist there are songs that do that with Buddhist concepts, absolutely, yep. or right. poetry. Uh yeah, I think poetry definitely does, and or actually, poetry has a much bigger history of that in particularly the Zen tradition. Uh, so you can talk about, um, I think it's. Oh, I think it's Rumi is a poet who does a lot of kind of Buddhist okay. um, uh, Buddhist poetry. Um, oh, okay. So so the poet I was thinking of, the, the, the poem specifically I was thinking of was a poem called Hokusai Says, which is a Zen poem. And it's actually by Roger Keyes, It's not Rumi. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, I, can, I can read a little bit of, of it for you if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Which kinda, it gets to that those Buddhist themes, right? So uh, it starts, Hokusai says, look carefully. He says, pay attention notice he says keep looking stay curious he says there is no end to seeing he says look forward to getting old he says keep changing you just get more who you really are he says get stuck accept it repeat yourself as long as it's interesting
1: yeah that's like a a yeah, a Buddhist reflection on reality and life. And up until that last line, you could have almost added, but you've got the love
0: I need to see. Yeah, yeah. The poem goes on, but yeah, like it, it, it very, you know, there's absolutely Buddhist poetry, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's absolutely, the, and, and I wonder, I think, if pop, because poetry maybe is seen as less entertainment based than, say, music, that maybe there's more of an oh, allowance okay. for it there. I, I, I haven't really looked in depth into, you know, why there's the kind and of, and that would be the kind of
1: praise aspect mm. of Christianity coming through because the other thing that that poem picks up, which I was going to say about Christian music as well and art generally, is that like God is so big and infinite as a concept and as a being that like you know, God is ungraspable, like you, you, you can't get the full depth, certainly not just in words, and what. Art and music and um, poetry and stuff give you is metaphor and give you like almost that that vagueness kind of works as an art form because it, it gives you a different angle into seeing the divine or in this case with the Buddhist poetry it gives you a different angle into seeing life which you know which is just as complex and just as infinitely nuanced. Um, that you can't get if you're just talking about something analytically or theoretically.
0: Yeah, and and I, I think that is what I feel like is missing in that layer, right? Of not having Buddhist music and, and Buddhist art in that kind of yeah, again, there is some Buddhist art. Yeah. Um, but um but yeah, I, I do think that what you miss is that ability to look at things from a different angle and it's almost that act of surprise. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that art does really well is it takes you on an emotional journey and then surprises you with an intellectual concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that's a really useful tool, you know, particularly for people uh, who are uh, dealing with complex theological things.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. And particularly if you want someone's heart to change in a particular... Like, this is why Jesus teaches in parables, right? Like, he, he literally tells stories
0: with unexpected endings. Like, that's art, right? Mm, yeah. and And actually, when I'm thinking about it too, I mean, I think... I think the rule against entertainment has probably led to a significantly, uh, I, I, I guess, a less uh, a, a less common practice of Buddhist entertainment pieces. But I actually don't think, if, I, if, if I'm actually remembering it correctly now, I actually think the rule is that people who are keeping the eight precepts, so monastics and people who are living in monasteries, are not allowed to listen to things that are entertainment. So there's not so much a rule to say you can't create them as a lay person and that you can't, you know, Mm -hmm. actually do that yourself. But it's just that if you are following the path to the T, you need to not engage with it as an individual, which then I think culturally means that, you know, if you can't play your song for the monks, then you're probably not going to write it as frequently as if you can.
1: But yeah, it's a... Which is just a really interesting tradition, like difference in the traditions as well, right? Because like... In in the resurrection life, kingdom of heaven, however you wanna parse it, like, are there gonna be songs like this one? Like I hope so. Like that that is part of the fullness and richness mm. of human life. Like Jesus talks about it like it's a wedding feast, mm. right? Which to me implies music and celebration. Probably and a gospel choir.
0: Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, a gospel choir. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, so, actually, it reminds me of this time a Christian and a Buddhist walked into a bar, uh, and they and they walked, were they listening to music. They, they they weren't listening to music, but but they did walk in and find their old mate Nasrudin sitting at the bar. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So so Nasrudin was sitting at the bar, and he and he was trying to work out like this really complex like mathematical formula. He's a big sheet of parchment. And he's trying to like, scribbling all over it, and they go up to him, go, hey, like Nasruddin, like, what are you doing? This looks really, This is really complex. And he's going, yeah, uh, just give me a second. I, I, I need to work it out. He's, can't work it out. And they go like, what's the problem? And he goes, well, I'm trying to work out the difference between a conductor and God. And it's like, and they're like, okay. Like, I mean, that yeah. seems kind of easy. He's like, no, no, no. I'm, Is there I'm, a I'm,
1: semiconductor like a demigod in this <laughs> analogy? <laughs> no, but they but have um, <laughs> Jacob's
0: joke for the, for the day. Um, but no, so he's trying to like, He's trying to go. Oh, yeah, but I've worked out all these different things, and I've, I've tried to like I've unpacked every little bit, and I I just can't find the difference between a conductor and God. And he stops for a second, and then then he sees something, and he has this like Archimedes moment where he jumps up. is like, oh no, hold on, I've got it, I've got it. God doesn't think they're a conductor. Hey, yeah, yeah there
1: you go. Yeah, yeah. No, there we go. One for all our classical music fans out there. There you go.
0: Yeah. Um, well, Jacob, this has been a, um, a, a bit of a messy episode and a bit of a bit ramble. Of a ramble. One, but um, thanks for uh, persisting with us as we give this one a shot. I'm, I reckon we could do more of these episodes, uh, but maybe with some more less one dimensional songs. Songs that
1: have a bit more depth. If you've got
0: suggestions,
1: you can send them to ChristianBuddhistBar at gmail.com. Our music that wasn't by Florence and the Machine this week is by Kevin MacLeod, as always. Correct, and if you'd like us to never do this
0: episode type again, uh, send us an email and let us know.